Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God, our Heavenly Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I think I am the first speaker in this symposium whose native language is not English. I am a first-generation Hispanic immigrant that came to this country legally, by the way, as an adult 12 years ago with three small children, so don't be surprised at my heavy Latino accent, and please be understanding if I mis mispronounce a word or a phrase. But I feel very privileged to be participating in this multi-ethnic symposium. I have to say that being a representative of a minority in this country, I greatly rejoice and welcome this effort and congratulate whoever had the initiative to put it together. Yesterday's worship service is probably the closest we have been to heaven because peoples from many nations, races, tribes, and languages were worshiping the one sitting on the throne and the Lamb of God that washed us with his precious blood. This symposium, this symposium is a foretaste, a small sample of that reality that, re, that reality that we are going to have in heaven. But this is so because God has called some people to break cultural barriers and go out and preach the message of salvation found only in Jesus Christ, the one that died and rose victoriously from the grave. And the book of Acts, as you know, is the written story of how that wonderful message of salvation in Jesus moved from city to city, from the Jewish context to the Greek culture. And in the lesson that we just read, that was just read and we heard about it, we uh, knew about Timothy, how Timothy joined the small missionary team of Paul and Silas, but boy, what a wonderful team that they made. And I think that the main idea that we get from these few verses is that we are called to preach the gospel being sensitive to the recipient's culture. Yes, we have this wonderful and powerful message of salvation in Christ in jars of clay, but it needs to go out to all peoples being sensitive to the cultural environment in which they live if we want to be effective and relevant in our ministry. Does that mean that we are going to accept whatever human traditions we find out there? Not at all. Does it mean that we are going to reject and destroy those cultural elements that we don't like? By no means. The problem is that very often as ministers that we are of the gospel, we want to impose our values and our lifestyle to other people. It's like when we say it's my way or the highway. This reminds me of, uh, of a pastor's wife that was preparing pancakes for her young children. The boys began to argue over who would get the first pancake. Their mother saw the opportunity for a moral lesson and said, if Jesus were sitting here, he would say, let my brother have the first pancake. I can wait. So the oldest boy turned to his younger brother and said, you be Jesus. But one thing remains true in all this. We need to find creative ways to bring the gospel to the nations and the nations to Christ as the Lutheran, our slogan states. 
in the book of Acts, we have the gospel in motion, moving from one place to another, from city to city, because the message and the messenger are one. On his way to Damascus, Paul had such a, such a shocking encounter with Jesus that he was radically transformed because he understood at that point that his personal beliefs, efforts, and all his privileges as a Jew were nothing at all compared to the mercy and grace of Jesus who came to him to forgive all his sin sins. We have also had the same shocking encounter with Jesus, but in the quiet waters of baptism where he broke into our lives and gave us forgiveness. Baptism is, in a sense, our little way to Damascus, our personal merits and efforts being wiped away completely by the mercy and love of Jesus Christ who came to us in his saving light. Paul had been so deeply touched by the compassion of Jesus that he became the most passionate messenger of his love. He was willing to go out to any place and became the preacher of the, to the nations. He was also willing not only to go out, but also to expose himself to dangers in order that he might win them for Jesus Christ. To the Jews, he says he became a Jew, and to the Gentiles, he became a Gentile. He says that he became all things to all people that by all means he might win some of them for Jesus Christ. He was very sensitive to people's culture in order to approach them and win them over to Jesus, the one that had won him. So in light of this philosophy of ministry, Paul decided to go back to the Galatia area, the place of his first missionary journey where he was almost, almost stunned to death. Let me ask you, would you go back to the church or to the district where you were emotionally stoned, bitten, criticized, ridiculed, and humiliated? I wouldn't. Honestly, I want to tell you that I kind of understand John Mark, Barnabas' nephew and the author of the second gospel, who deserted the missionary team in the first journey. And the object of a heated debate between Paul and Barnabas I want to tell you, had I been there when Paul was about to be stoned, I would have said, I don't know that guy. And the book of Acts, at this point of the narrative, tells us that we at least need to be sensitive to the recipient's culture. Four times do we find in these few verses a reference to the cultural reality that surrounded Timothy, saying one time, that his mother was a Jewish woman, two times that his father was a Greek, and one time that Jews in that area knew about that family reality of Timothy. And that's why Paul was very, very cautious and sensitive to this reality that would ultimately inform his decision to circumcise Timothy. What? To circumcise Timothy? Wasn't he against that practice at that point in his life? Maybe not. You can check Galatians 5.11. There have been many debates and theories about why Paul decided to circumcise him, as opposed to the case of Titus in Galatians uh, chapter 2, verse 3, where it is said that he was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek, when they went up to Jerusalem. But the main point of this narrative is that Paul, 
who usually began his ministry preaching in the synagogues, didn't want this issue to be an obstacle to the gospel. He understood perfectly that we are saved only through faith in Jesus Christ and not by the works of the law. But he also understood that he needed to be sensitive to the Jewish culture, and in this case, he was led by the Holy Spirit to follow the Jewish custom in order, only in order, to open doors and opportunities for the gospel to be heard. We also find the Apostle Paul in other passages of the Bible following the Jewish festivals, for example, or fulfilling his Jewish vows. I can assure you that those people, those Jews, were more open to listen to Paul when they saw that Timothy had been circumcised. They might have said, well, this Paul is not here to destroy our historical faith and traditions, but to follow them. So let's pay attention to whatever he has to say. I wonder if he used this occasion to talk about baptism, because baptism is the spiritual circumcision for us Christians, according to Colossians chapter 2. I don't know. But we do know one thing, that in that region, Lystra, Iconium, and the Galatian province, the gospel spread and flourished abundantly and produced great thinkers who became leaders and martyrs of the faith, like the Cappadocian Fathers, who played an outstanding role in the formulation of the doctrine of the Trinity and in the final version of the Nicene Creed. They came from that region. Now, is this, is this the only possible solution to the hot issue of the relationship of Christ and culture? No. That's why I said that we need to find creative ways to deal with this issue, and we may find that what works in one place doesn't work in another place. We need to be sensitive and creative, guided by the Holy Spirit and His Word in order to find new solutions that apply to each new reality. We certainly have the most powerful message, the gospel of Jesus Christ, but we may feel in our ministry that we're not producing the desired de results. It might be, and I also say it might be in your life, that we're not being sensitive enough to the cultural setting of our congregation. It's not about the content of the message, which never changes, but about the way we present it. Maybe you've heard about the preacher that after his sermon was greeting the congregation in the narthex, as always, when little Johnny greeted him and put a dollar bill in his hand. The pastor asked him, why are you doing this, Johnny? And he said, because my dad said that you are the poorest preacher we've ever had. Brothers and sisters, we have this unique message from God, the message of salvation in Jesus Christ. And you are his messenger, called by his grace to go out and share it, being sensitive to the recipient's cultural environment. So may his Holy Spirit fill you with wisdom and power as you fulfill this mission. In his name, amen.